Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that says you gotta fight for your right to party. Beastie Boys reference for you. <laughs> anyway, speaking of beastie men, <laughs> we have today Nicholas John. Hello, hello. The equally beastie Mirza Malik. Hello. And I am like a kitten by some American. Meow. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about last weekend's Premier League matches. Arsenal versus Manchester United at the Emirates Stadium. United lost 3-1 after taking a very brief 1-0 lead. I think it was about one minute. Martin Odegaard scored Arsenal's equaliser. And then it looked like our prediction from uh, last week's show would be true, Nick, a draw. But that was until Declan Rice and Gabriel Jesus scored in injury time. Now, kudos to Arsenal for going four matches unbeaten the season. Yada, yada, yada. Who cares? <laughs> Let's focus on United. What the hell went wrong? So we're talking about... So the bigger issue is United losing rather than Arsenal winning right now. Yeah, Arsenal winning is par for the course. Uh, I don't think a lot went wrong for them, actually. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like, like we predicted. I, this was a... a Tightly contested game, mm-hmm. almost to the point of being uh, scrappy or cagey. Uh, you know, one of one of those or a ball draw. Yeah, uh, but if I had to hazard a guess as to what caused United's uh, downfall, so to speak, mm-hmm. it would be that 88th minute uh, goal that they thought they scored mm-hmm. that was eventually ruled out for offside. So that took the wind off the sails, lah. Yeah, I, I think that that particular incident kind of made them lose focus. You know, because they thought they'd won it late. Like, you know, in, in true United fashion, mm. only for the video assistant referee to kind of deny them that. So it, it kind of unsettled them, uh, allowing Arsenal to score twice in injury time. So for me, that's what did it. Because performance-wise, I, I felt that both teams were quite evenly matched. Um, there was a lot of dispute over that VAR call over Garnacho, And... Uh, they, when you rewatch it multiple times, you watch the photos, uh, you know, the screenshots. I, I don't know. This is just what I see. Mm-hmm. But I feel like these angles that they take, they aren't very it's accurate. Like, it's like they intentionally show the most obscure <laughs> angles ever. <laughs> exactly. So that you can go either way. Because if you look at it from the front, whichever side is the front side, it looks offside. Mm-hmm. But then you look at it from a reverse angle and you're like, wait a minute. So I, I don't know. Uh, Ten Hag says it was onside. I mean, obviously he would say it was onside. Mm-hmm. But then the whole world is against him. I think it's clearly offside. It's proven by VAR. I, I don't know, guys. I, I don't know how to see VAR anymore this way. But, but, but the rule of thumb is that mm-hmm. if you cannot say with absolute certainty that it was a goal, then you have to err on the side of not goal. Not goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess it, it's one of those situations. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Miff, it's good to have you back. You are on fire after that Bali trip. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, thank you, back, you, man. Now, the pitch isn't the only place where things are going wrong for United. Jaden Sancho wasn't even on the bench, and Eric Ten Hag says he, it was because he wasn't happy with how Sancho was training. Uh, Sancho hit back by throwing his toys out, out of the pramla, so to speak. He made the social media posts uh, slamming the claim and claiming that uh, he's been made a scapegoat. What do you guys think of that? Huh? I mean, uh, the rumours of him being lazy in trading, they, they're not exactly new. I generally think that within the United squad as a whole, there is, I feel like it's getting, it's toxic. 
I mean, you've had so many problems. Mm-hmm. You have so many problems right now. Mm-hmm. You had problems before. Like, is everything okay at United actually within the players itself? Uh, okay, you're, I'm guessing you're referring to Greenwood and 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 Anthony, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But but those are pretty much it, those are things that that they're off the field issues. Yeah. Sancho's is more of an on the field. A professional, a professional, a professional problem. problem you know, yeah. not, not not a domestic issue. Uh-huh. And I, I, yeah, like you said, you know, it, these are not new accusations. It goes mm. like all, all the way to Dortmund, to Dortmund you England. Know? And I've heard some grumblings from uh, from when he was at City as well about him being late for training. Yeah, late for training, not giving a hundred percent, and all that. And so when when you have these accusations crop up again at United, you know, it. it Kind of tells you that there has to be some truth to it. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Sancho specifically is that he's broken one of the cardinal rules of, of footballers, which is you never air your dirty laundry in public. You know, whatever problem you have with the manager, you sort it out yourself, like you keep it in, in the dressing room. But instead, what he did was he went on social media and denied, contradicted Ten mm-hmm. uh, Hag, which is essentially to call your boss a liar in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and also to say that he's being made a scapegoat. It, it implies that there's a deli- deliberate attempt to kind of diminish his role mm-hmm. uh, at the club, which is a very serious accusation. And mm-hmm. I think it, it's setting the stage for a showdown with the manager. <laughs> yeah. I hate to be like one of those guys, you know, uh, one of those member berry guys, you know, yeah. back when, but back then, <laughs> right, <laughs> under Ferguson, he'd have been out of the door the next day. Yeah, it would have never happened under Ferguson. Yeah, but, but the thing okay, is... Okay, okay. He would have gotten the hairdryer treatment for like five hours and then shown the door. <laughs> and then had a boot kicked at him first and uh-huh. then, then showed the door. No, but the thing, it's not just Ferguson. I think mm. most other managers would not sit with, with you know, would not let something like this sit to, to de- like clearly contradict mm-hmm. your, 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 you know, your claim in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not something that, that will fly with most managers. Yeah. Okay, obviously, the situation is not fair for Ten Hag. Uh, last season, he learned that Sancho had this mental health issue, gave him, I think it was four months off uh, to train privately in the Netherlands with some of Ten Hag's trusted coaches. I mean, and this is how uh, he gets repaid. How likely is it that Sancho will be sold off in January? I'd be surprised if he wasn't. Really, mm. there's there's no way you can you know fix this. There's no damage control to this. If if Ten Hag can get rid of Ronaldo just like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> what more Sancho, right? Yeah. Who is yeah. Sancho compared to Ronaldo? Yeah. yeah, but you see, you have to understand that this is how Ten Hag does things. You know, you do something wrong, he's going to chew you out in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the same with Rashford sometime back when yeah. when what, what is it? Rashford was he late for training or missed training or something? Yeah. and he did the same thing. Uh, Garnacho as well he was getting a bit too big headed mm. Ten Hag kind of brought him back down to earth but the difference is with Rashford and Garnacho, they responded to the manager's criticism by coming back stronger coming mm-hmm. back better you know mm-hmm. so basically they took the, the scolding as mm-hmm. it were as sort of like a lesson they treated it as a lesson mm-hmm. and improved Sancho on the other hand is firing back at the manager it's made it worse made mm. it worse calling him a liar which is a huge no-no for a disciplinarian like mm. Ten Hag right so you know whether it's an offence that will see him I, I, I don't know I, I think it's it's. we may look at it as quite clear cut mm-hmm. that oh mm-hmm. yeah he's, he's gone and all that but I think the reality is uh, United paid Dortmund what I think over 90 million pounds oh, oh they paid 
they paid through the roof of Pogba and look what happened to him. Yeah, but but for, for Sancho as well, you know, huge amounts of money when, when they signed him and they're not going to be willing to let him go for cheap. So it, it, it's one thing to want to sell him, but I don't know if there are clubs willing to pay top dollar mm-hmm. for a player who A, has known disciplinary issues and B, has not been performing at his best over the past season. The seasons. Saudis have been spending money like nobody's business. I'm sure they can get top dollar for him there. Well, yes, okay, because the, the, the Saudis are the exception in this case, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Greenwood can find a place eventually, I, I think Sancho mm-hmm. should be able to find one. Okay, uh, now you said that being uh, being chewed out by Ten Hag, right? I'm going to give Ten Hag the benefit of the doubt. He was asked the question. He just replied he that. I'm oh, oh, yeah. Basically, he's just saying that, you know, I'm, I'm just not happy with how he's training. No, mm-hmm. the wording may have sounded a bit harsh, but I guess, you know, it's, it's the words of, somebody, you know, not being very fluent in English. Yeah, a non-native yeah. English speaker. Yeah, and then um, the media just ran with it. Yeah, it, it could be because Ten Hag has had issues with language in the <laughs> past and, and for some reason he comes across as overly stern harsh. and yeah. harsh, you know. So yeah, that, that, that could be it. But uh, I think the key thing here is not... not. I mean, you would ex- expect the press to go and run with it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's what they do. But the fact that Sancho responded in, in that manner, I think that's mm-hmm. the issue here. Well, you, when you're at a high level like that, I, I, I really don't think you should react with your emotions. Just go straight to your manager's office, you know. And as if that drama wasn't enough, United have also had to deal with the uh, assault allegations surrounding Anthony. There's also boardroom drama with them... Uh, you know, with the delayed sale talks and all of that. And this has sent their share prices plummeting. What is it with United and drama? I mean, the only way they can top this if they if they get the head of the Spanish FA to become the next chairman. <laughs> oh my God, don't jinx it. Yeah, he might be looking for a new job soon, you never know. <laughs> Whatever it is, right, with all the crap they've had to endure, I think United's player of the season should go to their PR team. <laughs> kind of feel sorry for them, man. <laughs> if you see every social media posting by United... It's chaos in the comments. Yeah, probably after the international break, the, the PR team will have a meeting and the boss will okay, next crisis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Liverpool had a 3-0 win over Aston Villa and they did it with 11 men on the pitch for once. Nice change. Still without a defeat this season and if you're counting, they're now unbeaten in 14 or 15 consecutive Premier League matches. Uh, the last defeat... 4-1 loss to Manchester City back in April. And at the rate they're going, um, it's going to be hard to write off their top four chances. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I think they're, they're one of only five or six teams that have yet to lose this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, we see, probably jinxed it already. Well, <laughs> mm, maybe that was deliberate. Uh, but, you know, for me watching them, I, I kind of get the vibe that they're kind of taking their time to find mm-hmm. their footing this season. You know, it, it, it they don't appear to be a team that's experiencing smooth sailing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, let's put it like that. But I think that the addition of uh, McAllister and Soboslai has added mm-hmm. quite a bit of stability to the team. We've been talking, I think, all of last season about how much they needed uh, midfield reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got it in the form of McAllister. Um, and then we're also starting to see Darwin Nunes starting mm-hmm. to make a bit of an impact. Uh, but I think the biggest boost for them is the fact that in all likelihood, Mo Salah is going to be staying mm. uh, because, you know, uh, of yeah. course, he's, he's Sorry received that like, myth. <laughs> huge, <laughs> huge amounts of money to join. Uh, what, what is it? Al Itihad? Al Itihad. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, the, the fact that he's staying means that Liverpool gets 
you know, a proven goal scorer, a player with plenty of experience, mm. someone who's also capable of adding, you know, a degree of leadership, you know, on, on the pitch. So that, I think, will, will prove priceless as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. That makes two players who have now rejected Saudi. Who's the other one? Mbappe. Yeah? Mbappe. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's a nice background sound. <laughs> In other matches, Manchester City beat Fulham 5-1. Uh, Tottenham had a 5-2 win over Burnley and Brighton beat Newcastle 3-1. Uh, what do these three matches have in common? A hat-trick was scored in each of these games. There's Erling Haaland for City, Sun Heung-min for Spurs and a Brighton teenager, Evan Ferguson. It's only the second time in Premier League history that three hat-tricks were scored on the same day in three different matches. Uh, the last time it happened was in September 1995. Were you even born yet, man? <laughs> 55? Even my dad wasn't born. 1995. Oh, that, that was just a year before I was born. So in uh, 1995, hat-tricks were scored by Liverpool's Robbie Fowler, Alan Shearer, while he was still at Blackburn, mind mm-hmm. you. And also, guess who? No Any idea? idea? No idea. Leads us Tony Yeboah. Oh, Anthony Yeboah. <laughs> ah, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. If anyone else out there remembers who Tony Yeboah is, have you collected your pension yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to wrap things up in the Premier League, West Ham beat Luton 2-1. Nottingham Forest beat Chelsea 1-0. Wah, 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 wah. Wow. <laughs> Brentford and Bournemouth had a 2 all draw. Crystal Palace defeated Wolves 3-2. And Sheffield United drew 2-0 with Everton. At least Everton didn't lose this time. Finally. <laughs> also, a quick note, condolences to Fulham fans over the recent passing of uh, Mohamed Al-Fayed, who owned the team from uh, 1997 to 2013. Now, in the 2000-2001 season, they were promoted from the old first division to the Premier League. Uh, in 2002, they were playing in Europe. And in 2010, they made it all the way to the final of the Europa League, uh, losing 2-1 to Atletico Madrid. Now, Alfayet was also a bit of an eccentric. In 2011, he put up a statue of Michael Jackson for some reason outside the Fulham Stadium. Um, That lasted until 2013 when uh, he sold the club. The new owners took it down and Alfayet said that this was what caused their relegation. (laughs) And they've been suffering ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all we have for this week. Thanks for putting up with our usual rubbish. Uh, The Premier League is on its international break and so are we. Uh, We'll be taking a break. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. See you then. I am Faisal Merikan. I'm Nicholas John. And I am Mivzal Malik.